So if you guys have any questions whatsoever about keto or intermittent fasting, whether you're starting keto as a new person or just need to debug your program, or you have a question about a product, call one of our keto consultants. They'll be able to help you. Call 540-299-1557. That's 540-299-1557. Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. All right, let's talk about exercise optimization formula. Okay, now I'm going to give you kind of a general guideline and then we'll get more specific. Here's some basic things you must know. All the benefit of exercise, of exercising, stressing your body, spending time, then recovering, is in the recovery. So the benefit of exercise is in the recovery after the exercise. Exercise in itself actually just stresses and breaks your body down. But the benefit is your ability to recover and burn fat. So when it's recovering, it's burning fat. Many people do not give enough time in the recovery phase of exercise to be able to see the change. I was in basic training, Fort Jackson, South Carolina, 1983. I went in there, top shape, going to state to wrestle, you know, the whole thing, I was in really good shape, a wrestler. By the time I graduated, after three months, I could barely pass the PT test. Could do, couldn't even do a push-up, couldn't even run. Why? Because of no recovery. They didn't let me sleep. It was exercise every day. There was no downtime. It destroyed my body and also stress. So with exercise, you will lose way more weight with the eating part than you will with the exercise. Some people say, well, I'm gonna eat what I want. I'm just gonna exercise twice as hard. Oh, really? How's that working for you? It's not gonna work. So the eating is most important. I have helped a lot of people lose weight by stopping working out. But I'm not against working out. We need to do it, but we have to make sure your sleep is good. If your sleep is good, then you can do more exercise. I'm not saying not exercise. I want you to keep doing exercise, but I want to make sure you recover from it. So here's, here's what happens. If you're sleeping and you're exercising and you're not getting sore and you feel pretty good the next day or every uh, third day, then you can go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. And we'll plug in the other stuff. But I want to give you some other things to think with so it's not so uh, cookbook. Um, if you're working out and you don't feel good after you work out, then you're overtraining. Overtraining is very dangerous to the heart. I have a machine that measures people, and I find people sometimes are at risk for heart attacks and they don't even know it. Okay, so give your body a chance to recover. When you're doing like an hour of kickboxing or a Zumba or some hardcore workout, it's much better to do that every third day than every day or even every other day, especially as you get older, especially with weight loss. Some people I find you have to do it once every week or twice a week. That would be the optimum time because they have to give themselves downtown, downtime, and on the downtime they can go for long walks, they can do yoga, they can do stretching, that type of thing. Pilates is great, yoga is great, but for the adrenal body type, um, we wanna kind of err on the smaller amount of exercise, okay? But as soon as you start sleeping, you're feeling better, now we can really pick up the pace and start to just do some crazy hardcore workouts. But there is a, a little formula I'm going to teach you that will give you the data on how 
where you are at, at risk for your heart, okay? Like, you want to know if you want to um, are at risk for a heart attack? That you can do this. What you do is you, you need a stopwatch and you need something to check your pulse rate. You, you can have a pulse rate uh, um, meter that they'll check. They, they can put it on your finger and check your pulse rate. Or you just take your two fingers and press on the artery and feel your pulse rate or your artery right here and feel the pulse rate. And you can count it. I like to count it for 15 seconds and then multiply it times four to get the total minute of number of pulse beats. A normal pulse beat for each minute should be like 72, okay? If it's lower, that could be very good. Unless you don't work out, then it could be very bad. But we want it kind of lower than that. We want it like 60, maybe even 50, especially for athletes. So we get the resting pulse rate before you exercise. Then you get on some type of I don't know, machine or in place, you can do burpees, you can do run in place, you can do jump rope, you can do something to get your whole body under some int intense exercise for one minute, okay? So we got the, right, right down the resting pulse rate. We do this incredible workout, we spike the pulse rate, and then we measure our pulse rate again, okay, when we spike it. Let's pretend it goes to 150 after one minute workout. Then we're going to rest for one minute and recheck the pulse rate. So let's say we rest for one minute and the pulse rate reduces down to 140. So we subtract 150 from 140 and that equals 10. Okay? If, you're a tw if we measure 12 or pulse beats or less, in other words, if you spike your pulse rate and it only comes down 12 or less than that, you are at risk for heart attacks. You should not be exercising right now. You can do some slight walking on a flat surface, but your heart cannot handle that because it's not recovering. Very dangerous. But if your pulse rate comes down fast, let's say it goes down by 50 points, you are in good shape. You can handle a workout. So really, this indicator of how fast your pulse rate recovers after the first minute is a real good clue to see how healthy you really are. Okay, it's one of the best indicators of health, especially for the heart. Um, what we want is a fast recovery. Like, of course, when you're 18, you can recover fast. But then what you do is you recheck, you keep checking your pulse rate every minute and see how long it takes for it to come all the way down to the resting pulse rate. Okay, let's say it takes five minutes to go down. Then if you were going to do interval training, which is a type of high intensity rest, you would do it for one minute of exercise and you would wait for five minutes of rest. That would be your pattern. So we exercise for one minute of intensity and we rest for five minutes. We exercise one minute, rest for five minutes. And we do like three cycles of that to start out with because the ratios of interval training of a short burst of exercise and lots of rest, this is a way to figure it out. What we don't want to do is do one minute on and one minute off. One minute on, one minute off. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not enough time to recover because when you spike your pulse rate and then we wait for it to come back and then we do it again and do it again, we're not strengthening our recovery systems. You're just overdoing it. You're putting your body in overwhelm. So you can watch this video again and can take notes, but the point is that we want to spike the pulse rate, see how fast it comes down, to determine our interval training, but also to determine if you're at risk. So if you're between 20 and 30, that's pretty much okay. If you're greater than 30, 
or more, you're actually in really good shape and you can recover very well. All right, so that's exercise optimization formula. Hey guys, I just completed a new course called the Rapid Fat Burning Mini Course. Okay, if you have a slow metabolism or you want to speed things up and take it to the next level, you need to do this course. It's free, it's quick, there's no fluff, it's right to the point. Click the link below and get signed up now.